Welcome back to another video, everybody. My name is Brandon. I'm joined here today with my dad for another episode of Stock Battles. Oh. Stock Battles. And uh, this is a series we've done once or twice on the channel where we each select a stock. I don't know about you, Dad, but I got a pretty good feeling I'm going to be winning this one with the viewers' uh, comments and their their favoritism. But I guess we're going to have to It could be. And I think we're basically one-on-one -on -one, uh, or one-for-one -one each because uh, the first couple – we kind of split down the middle based on the comments and I know which cut, which stock you're covering today. And yeah, it's a pretty good one. Well, it's a, it's a great company. And I know, you know, with the recent pullback, uh, you got a lot of upside potential. So uh, we'll see where this one plays out. I'm pretty confident in my selection as well today though. So we'll have to see what the viewers have in store. So don't forget, leave a comment down below with which stock you guys like better. We're covering two Canadian dividend stocks. This should be right up your alley. But um, dad, why don't you go ahead and speak on your first stock? I know we were having a little bit of difficulty selecting some in this market that we're in now. Um, at least I did. I, I think you fall into a similar camp though, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Right now, I mean, the markets have done so well. It, it, it is really hard to find something. There's a lot of good quality companies, but to try and find something that's undervalued or something that's trading you know, inexpensively is, is a little bit challenging right now. But uh, if we're going to have a battle, I mean, you got to dig deep under the surface. And I, I think we both come up with companies that do have great upside potential. So why don't I start off with mine? Uh, and the it. company I'm covering today is uh, Suncor. So the ticker on Suncor is SU. That's obviously a Canadian company. It's trading at around $28.40 right now. One of the things I like about Suncor, it is, it, well, clearly it's one of Canada's premier energy companies. And it is, it has a full integrated model. That's really critical, I would say, in an, in an energy company. So they have downstream, they have midstream, they have upstream. And by this, I mean, you know, they, they pull in revenues from offshore operations, from in situ bitumen operations like the oil sands. They have synthetic crude oil operations, processing, infrastructure, refining, uh, and also a consumer channels. They own Petro-Canada. So, you know, about 1,800 or so Petro-Canada stations across the country. So they go right from the, the exploration, the production, the distribution, and then ultimately to the end use. Mm -hmm. The finding and marketing part of their business represents about 50% of their funds from operation. And I will be talking about funds from operation or FFO in this presentation, as opposed to straight revenues in the energy sector, much like in the REIT sector, it's just a measurement. It's a non-GAAP metric that you'll hear, which is more accurately or more relevantly represents mm -hmm. the, the cash that's coming into the company. So uh, I talked about the integration of this company and it's so important, I would say, because it uh, allows for some depth to the company. So when we see, and we're going to be looking a little bit at what happened last March and April when COVID hit and the price of oil, et cetera, it gives some more oomph to the company so that when one part of the of the sector is hurt, there's revenue coming from other streams. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today as well. Uh, geographically, the company operates primarily in Canada, but it does have operations also uh, in Colorado, in the central US and Gulf Coast. And they do have offshore drilling in, uh, in the UK. One of the key things you have to look at in the energy sector is the price of oil. Obviously, there's a close tie there and where the break-even points uh, are. So with Suncor, the break-even points, as you can see on the slide on the screen, $25 a share is the break-even. Uh, this is of the West Texas Intermediate oil prices is where the, uh, the price, the revenue will cover the total enterprise and operating costs. So that's a baseline with uh, factoring out dividends, factoring out um, R&D exploration, that type of thing. The $30 a, a barrel will cover off total expenses, operating costs, 
and it will sustain the capital expenditures that are planned. And around $35 a barrel will cover uh, basically everything, the enterprise mm -hmm. operating costs, sustaining capital, and it will also cover off the dividends. WTI is trading today at around the $65 a barrel range. And that has been sustained now since the recovery of last year. So there's there's a fair bit of, uh, of buffer in there to sustain the operations and the dividend, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes here. From a sustainability perspective, obviously, there's a lot of people who uh, aren't very big on the energy sector just because of the impact it has on our on our planet. Suncor has really made an effort, as most energy companies have, to improve their, their footprint, I guess you would say. And uh, since 1995, when they first, uh, this became an issue, or first they recognized it as an issue, they, uh, in, they produced their first environmental report back then. And through the years, as most of these companies have, they've just been improving the way that they've been doing things. In 2019, they actually completed Canada's first coast-to-coast -coast electrical vehicle charging network and that's something that a lot of people aren't aware of you think of energy companies mostly as just you know drilling and, and and producing oil to go into the pipelines and that type of thing but there is a lot more to this company than than just drilling oil let's take a look at the 2020 financials now in 2020 in march specifically you know when covid hit the price of oil just simply collapsed it actually fell into negative territory and I don't ever remember that happening before. And I know even a lot of the specialists and the um, analysts who, who focus on the energy sector, this came as a total shock that that could happen. And that happened very, very briefly. Now, with this collapse in the price of energy, I mean, basically nothing uh, happened. No good numbers came out of, uh, of the financials for Suncor. As you can see by some of these charts here, uh, the funds from operation was down, production was down, earnings, uh, return on, on capital employed, you know, every metric in 2020 was down. The refinery utilization of the company fell from 95% to 88%. That's a significant reduction in that, you know, in, in a large part of their operations. The share price dropped 65% in March of 2021. Now it has recovered and it's up, I believe, around 65% from where it dropped. But I still don't believe it's where it should be. I think you know it's definitely well below the $43 levels that was pre-COVID. And I believe that this is lagging the where it should be. The oil price has recovered that 165% since the collapse, but the company's up about 65%. And, and I think there's just some room for, for movement there. Looking forward now, I'm going to look at the uh, contrasting the, what's happened over the last year to the 2021 guidance. So the refinery utilization is expected to be back up into the 90% range. The most recent reporting period is first quarter 2021. And you'll see that the net earnings uh, were $821 million versus a loss of $3.5 billion last uh, first quarter of 2020. The operating earnings are up uh, are $750 million roughly versus $421 million in the prior year quarter. So the first quarter of 2020. Now, those numbers are very COVID skewed. So it's not like the company has just all of a sudden started shooting the lights out. There was a real negative effect last year. So we're going to see some very nice contrasting numbers right now. They did return a lot of value to the shareholders in the form of both dividends and also share buyback. So they bought back about $318 million worth of common shares and they reduced debt by $1.1 billion over the same time period. So those two things, basically what they do is they provide a, well, the, the buying back of shares helps support 
the share price on the downside because they're in the market buying. And it just also just brings a lot of shareholder value to the company. From a dividend perspective, the dividend is low for the sector. It's trading, uh, the dividend yield right now is in the 3% range. Now, anybody who owns Suncor will remember last year, they cut the dividend dramatically from, uh, well, I would say 42 cents down to 21. They did pay one quarter at about 46 and a half. They had just raised it prior to COVID, but then they slashed it to 21%. So there's a lot of talk at the time about whether they would sustain the dividend and they did cut it. It was yielding at about 11% just you know, when COVID hit. Now it's uh, down into that 3% range. I would say, despite the fact that I am a shareholder, I am a Suncor shareholder, it's not nice when you get that dividend cut, but I would say it was probably the right thing to do. At the time they cut that dividend, there was so much uncertainty about the sustainability, the viability. One of the reasons that I continued to own and in fact bought more Suncor at the time is because uh, in the landscape, they're one of the most stable. They have a high credit rating. So I felt that if if you want to be in the space, which I did want to be during the recovery, which eventually would come, uh, they had a they have a they had a lot of um, buffer there. So I would expect that the dividend will increase once they you know, have gone through this recovery phase. On that note, there if we look at their capital uh, allocation framework right now, they are focusing. Their first priority is to maintain the core business and to maintain the current dividend. The second priority is to pay rede uh, repay debt, to increase the returns through buybacks and dividend increases, and of course, economic uh, capital. And we have seen that, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, with the debt uh, the debt repayment and the sharehold the share buybacks. So they're they're following through, but number one, maintaining dividend. I think there's a real nice uh, chance that they will be increasing the dividend. Uh, who knows when, but I, I think that'll be coming at some point. Wall Street has the target price right now on Alpha Suncor at $33 a share. It's trading at $28 right now. So that implies about a 18% or 19% upside on that. I believe, just to sort of wrap it up on, on this pick here, I believe that with the vaccine rollout continuing, we're going to get back to more energy use. And if we just think of things like travel, uh, for example, that's going to be a big boost. There's a big buffer. Uh, the company is well capitalized. And so I'm not worried about the company you know, having a negative effect that way. I think there's a lot of upside potential. So for that reason, I'm I'm bullish on Suncor. If it's the type of company that fits into your profile, if you if you like the energy space, I think Suncor is as good a play right now as any other. I like that. I like that pick. That's um that's a good one, Dad. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like it. There's a it's a it's a complicated company and it's a complicated industry and and sector, but uh, it's got some good potential. Yeah, you'll get people that um, just want to avoid the energy sector in, in general. And if that's you, that's you. But for those, like you said, for those that do fit that profile, this is one of the premier picks in Canada. And that's very, very hard to argue with. For sure. It's not for everybody. Right. It's, it's for certain people. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, let me transition over to my pick. And again, sure. feel free, uh, viewers, to leave your comments down below whether you like the Suncor pick or not, because I'm going to be going over one that I've got a ton of requests on with the news that has come out recently. It's the company CNR, Canadian National Railway. The shares have done very well, as we can see from this chart. But over the past month or so, they have seen a slide of about 10%. Now, I want to first start off, start off by saying this is... A 10% dip is nice, but this is by no means a bargain bin prices. This isn't a screaming value in my opinion. 
when you look at these high quality stocks, such as the railways, and in particular, Canadian National Railway, a very high class uh, railroad company in North America, they do tend to trade at a premium. And again, looking at the share price, the history does suggest that. Often, sometimes, in my opinion, you just have to pay a little more for a great quality company. So today, paying a multiple of 27 times earnings, that would be the trailing earnings, FYI. I think that's very fair with a company like this. And if you do note across some of the competitors, which I've pulled up here, we note that this is somewhat of an industry-wide thing that these stocks do trade at a premium because, again, they are very, very sought-after companies. Now, quick summary on CNR. I know we don't need to go too deep into them because we have a ton of uh, videos out in the past, but we can start with maybe just a quick fun fact that just came out this week. Dad, here's a fun one. After the divorce, Melinda Gates is now the sixth largest individual shareholder of CNR. How funny is that? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, of course, because Bill Gates has been a longtime holder of CNR. is a big component in his portfolio. And I guess that's just the way things go. Um, it's yeah, sad. <laughs> she, say she, she engineered that in her divorce settlement. There you go. Um, Canadian National Railway is one of two major railways in Canada. They are significantly larger than CP, their counterparty. The chart that you're looking at is just displaying the market caps of the two respective companies. The blue line represents Canadian National Railway sitting at about $95 billion market cap. CP is trailing at about $62 billion. So definitely a difference there in size. Canadian National Railway does have about 20,000 miles of track laid, and that spans all across North America. So it's very unique in the sense that they have track running from Yellowknife all the way through to New Orleans. They have a, actually a three-coast system ranging all the way from the west to the east and as well giving you some exposure to the south. I'll put up a page, which we don't really need to dig into deeply, but what I want to display by this is that they do have a very, very diversified range of freight that they ship across. And this would include things like petroleum, metals, forest products. You do have some exposure to coal and grain, et cetera. As you mentioned with your pick on Suncor there, Dad, it's important to have that diversity within your business because of a certain industry, in this case, let's assume the coal industry is slumping or you're not getting as much production and shipping from forest products or forestry products, you do get that balancing out. Uh, so I think that's just a major, major component, which is why this company is known to be one of the most efficient, most profitable, and just flat out one of the most well-run railroads in the world. I'll speak for a moment on the current events that is happening with this company. And I'm sure you guys are all quite familiar because I've got a bunch of requests on the Kansas City Southern Rail bid. Now, this is a major, major deal for the Canadian industry because both of our players here have placed a bid to take over or buy out this company. It started back in March when CP Rail, the smaller of the two, announced the purchase of KSU for the amount of about $25 billion. Now, following that, after a few weeks, we had CNR come in, outbid them for $33 billion. And here's a clip taken from the actual page, uh, the investor relations page. CN's proposal of $325 per share represents a 21% premium implied over the CP transaction bid. This values the entire enterprise, or the entire enterprise value of 30 3.7 billion. And why this deal is so important to both of our Canadian railways here is that if you look into Kansas City Southern Rail, and I'll actually put a map up on the page for you guys, uh, just so you can display this a little bit better. What is key about this company 
is that they do give you access south of the border down to Mexico. And whichever company of the two does ultimately end up winning this bid, that is really going to strengthen their, their already strong networks. They already have a very strong presence in North America, but to be able to get down south of the border and strengthen their trade there, um, just build up their networks that much further, that is a huge step in widening the moat that both of these companies already operate with. And not to speculate on what I believe will happen or won't, because again, I'm probably, I'm just at, I'm at the mercy just as much as you guys. We have all the information here, but we do have to see how things play out and what the companies ultimately decide for. But why I think CNR does have the advantage in this case, I started off right at the bat of this presentation talking about sheer size and the market value. And what comes with that are deeper pockets. And this is shown by the simply the higher bid. Uh, it will come down to Kansas City Southern, whether they decide to opt for more money or whether they think the synergies would be better with CP Rail. Ultimately, I think that regardless of how this deal pans out, both of these companies will still continue to do well for the long term. But I did come across a particular clip here, which I'll share with you guys saying that there's about a 95% chance, at least by this uh, analyst's projections, that 95% uh, chance likelihood that the Kansas City board would approve the deal. This is the deal by Canadian National Railway by the day, simply due to superior remunerations. Reading on a little bit further, that said, given CN has the larger network presence in the US rather than CP, we think there's a small chance that they will reject the offer. As we go down a little bit more, it says that um, there's only about a 1% network overlap in their US uh, locations. It's something to factor in, but I guess we will have to see how this plays out. At the end of the day, as mentioned before, deal or no deal, Canadian National Railway is one hell of a company. They're one hell of a company with an amazing dividend. Today, they yield 1.82%. Nothing insane, but still very reliable. As we've talked about before, this company has raised their dividend every year since their IPO back in 1995. Just as of this year in January, despite the world we're living in, they announced a 7% increase. And just to briefly look at overall numbers, again, this is this is all looking at things without even factoring a potential deal. Revenues have remained flat and consistent, but we do see free cash flow has been climbing year after year after year. It goes to show the efficiency. As I talked about earlier, the margins on this business are just tremendous. And in in 2021, they're projecting to pull in somewhere along the lines of $3.3 billion in cash flow. So these are just some of the important metrics that I like to look for, in particular, as it pertains to the dividend and how likely we will be to receive these. They did note, however, that as this deal is playing out, they are going to be holding off on share buybacks. Just something to consider. Lastly, to just summarize and take uh, to kind of wrap up my segment here on Canadian National Railway, if we do look at the technicals, they are trading below the 200-day moving average. RSI is looking nice, uh, relatively attractive at a 39, and we may even be seeing a little bit of a golden cross here on the MACD. We'll have to watch and see how that plays out. Again, I don't think this is bargain bin prices, but when you see the stock come down 10%, it's tough to not notice the little support trend they got here. Today, the shares are trading at $135 with a 1.82% yield. It's one that I think is worth either nibbling at, um, taking advantage of this discount, Dad, or just keeping on the radar to see how things do play out. Because again, to finish and kind of summarize, there are a lot of high quality names out there. And I put Canadian National Railway in that uh, camp where they just don't really go on sale all too often. You know, people are willing to pay a premium. They trade at higher multiples 
for some of the reasons that I talked about today. And that doesn't mean that you can't own these stocks. Uh, you, you know, some investors would say, well, I don't want to invest unless I'm getting a huge, huge discount, huge, huge value. It's times like these where sometimes you have to kind of look a bit deeper and take what you can get with a, a powerhouse like CNR. But that's my that's my pick for today for the for my side of this uh, Canadian stock battle. Well, I think that's a reasonable pick, and I this is I am actually really curious as to who'll come out on top here because, like you just said, there's no these these aren't screaming buys. These aren't no. companies that are just you know you know uh, have fallen off a cliff. And, and, yeah, no. But but given given what's out there right now, and if you're looking for companies, it's it's funny how CN, CNR has been traditionally a low dividend payer. Suncor mm. has been traditionally a high dividend payer. With CNR coming up a little bit, with Suncor going down right now, they're you know close level area, yeah, more level than usual. Upside on on Suncor is probably greater. From, well, I'm sure it's greater from a dividend perspective. Mm-hmm. Both industries, both sectors present their challenges, and especially with you know the the unknowns in both, it's uh, it's an interesting interesting battle, I would say. I think it'll come down to maybe just what industries the viewers like better, right? Maybe some people prefer the energy, some people not, but hey, I mean, I guess we can uh, wait to see in the comments from you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is it for our little presentation here today. Two stocks to buy right here in Canada, two great dividend payers. I think the general takeaway is that for a long run, Dad, these are both phenomenal companies. Um, totally agree. Like I, I own them both right now. I intend yeah. to continue to own. This is just a matter of do you bump up the position in it or if you don't have it, is it, is it a good entry point? Yeah. But, Good cool. companies to own regardless, yeah. And that's fun. You own both of these. I don't own either of these stocks, but at some point, I very likely will. I'll just have to see when the time is right. And CNR is at least one that I've been watching very, very close on my list. Well, if you guys enjoyed today's video, give this one a big thumbs up. That always does help out. If you are not already subscribed to the channel, we post videos like this every single week. And then we do have our Investing Academy down below. If you want some additional training right here in Canada, click the link and you can learn all about that. But that's all for our battle. We'll let the viewers decide. And uh, I guess we'll touch back on our next. I think, by the way, for anyone curious, our stock challenge is looking really good. So we've got the accounts set up. I don't want to spoil it, but we've got, I'm just going to spoil it. We've got both accounts set up. We had such a mixed opinion. We're going to go with both a quest trade account and a well simple account so we're just in the process of funding it and uh sometime i i assume by next week we may actually be up and running for our first episode dead yeah hopefully next week or the week after at the latest now that you're gonna set up yeah and they, speaking of battles i mean there was a ton of feedback on that video and crazy uh, the common request was well can you do both yeah <laughs> and you know sort of split the difference and and uh, so yeah looking forward to, to getting those up and running but that's a whole nother video so we'll leave yeah, that until next time good Thank you guys for watching today. Um, everybody have a great weekend. It's already, we're filming this on a Friday. I don't know when I'm going to post it, but um, yeah, that, that's all for us today. We'll see you in the next video.